Hi guys, it's your host Matilda. And your host Hadiza. And your other host Imama. And you're listening to the Amibo Interludes. Hi everyone. So before we go into the episode today, we just want to put a trigger warning here. We will be talking about some sensitive topics that include violence and killings. So we just wanted to let you know before we start the episode. Today is October 20th and it's a year anniversary of the Lekki massacre, which resulted from the NSARS protests. The NSARS hashtag has always been a trend on Twitter. It essentially started as a result of the excessive force and display of the SARS department of the Nigerian police force. The initial Twitter outrage really started on October 3rd, 2020, when a video was published of a SARS official shooting a young Nigerian in Delta, and that trended on Twitter. And while that was trending, SARS moved mad again on October 5th, 2020, and another report surfaced of them killing a 20-year-old Nigerian youth. So unlike in the past, people didn't keep it to Twitter. A couple of celebrities pretty much said they're going to start a protest. And on Thursday, October 8th, people took to the streets. And initially, it looked like it was just going to be every other protest in Nigeria. But in the oncoming days, specifically for 15 days, the protests grew around the country. And not just in the country, all around the world, people protested. It started with SARS, but as the protests grew, we started noticing just the issues in governance and we started protesting about much more than SARS. On October 20th, the Lagos state government announced a curfew, but people decided to still continue protesting. At about 7 p.m., the Nigerian army opened fire on protesters at the Lekki toll gate. Everyone sit down, sit down, sit down. Everyone sit down, sit down, sit down. So before we move on, we would like to observe a 30 second silence for all the people that died due to police brutality and also everyone that died during the NSARS protests, especially at the Lekki massacre. So um, today, as we've already started talking about, it's a year since the Lekki massacre that pretty much ended the NSARS. Well, I don't, it, it, it ended it, right? Mm, Can it we really pretty much it, say that it, it definitely like put like a huge dent in 
in the protest but yeah. i know like after that like some people were still like having like small stuff in, not necessarily in lagos but like in other states like a few things happening here and there and like i think even like this year as well there's like a couple like random ones here and there so it didn't really end it but it definitely put a huge dent in it yeah and what's even more upsetting is that i don't know if people still share this opinion because so much evidence has come out since then but a lot of people were saying oh there's no evidence that people died and blah 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 yeah what's even more upsetting is the fact that no one no one has like no one has faced any consequences Mm -hmm. for the lives that were lost and we also don't even have it told on how many people or the names or even anything or the names so it's just it's really sad but i think it's really important to remember what happened and i I can't tell anyone to but i think we need to keep the hope alive when we remember these lives because they kind of did give their lives for the cause and i think it's important that we remember them it would be nice Mm -hmm. if we had their names, but there are even reports that as they were shooting people and people were falling, they were apparently dragging them into vans and like packing away the body. And apparently mm-hmm. this is a very known tactic by the Nigerian army to um, pretty much take away evidence. And mm-hmm. we saw it after they just started denying. First, they said they weren't there. Then they said, oh, we were there, but we didn't shoot at anybody. So Lagos State set up a panel to investigate all that happened during NSARS and all of that. And a lady by the name of Sarah Ibrahim testified. He, she gave an account of someone that was there. Here it is. So the soldiers ended up carrying him in the truck. Yes. So they thought he was dead because of the blood stain around him. So they put him in the truck along with some dead bodies. But they did not know that he was alive. So he's alive. And What's his name? His name is Lekon Sanusi. And well, he, he took, they took him to MRS Bonica, the same place they said is not functioning, was where he was carried to. And in his truck, there were only two people that were alive. The remaining 11 people were dead. And he counted it. It was a nurse who noticed he was alive that helped him and smuggled him out. He had to run away. They they carried him to another hospital. So there are multiple accounts like that, but what's even more annoying I feel like annoying doesn't even <laughs> explain the gravity of it. Is I, I recently came across an article by Fisayo Shoyombo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but she's an investigative journalist and she went around pretty much trying to track the people that were at the protest at Lekki and just get accounts. But a lot of people give accounts like they were threatened and we'll be retweeting this article on our page just for anybody that um, wants to look at it. So in the article... She also talked about this woman, Dabira, that was like one of the people that were at the front of the protest at Lekki. And after apparently she got phone calls threatening her life pretty much. And there's multiple accounts of that. So they went around pretty much threatening people. And they, we really don't know who, because again, we don't know who gave the orders. We don't know, but we know that it's obviously the government because who commands the Nigerian army? Just, yeah, do with that what you want to. But um, pretty much they didn't just stop at the massacre. They went on to harm people that were involved in the protest and pretty much stifle the comments of people that were there. So the opinions of people that kept saying, why are there no accounts of 
the people that were there it's because the powers that be made sure that anybody that was trying to take a strong stance on it would be executed so if you saw your faves that were at the front try to back down and stuff like that or or going to hiding for example dj switch it's because their lives were literally in danger but yeah um what were you guys's biggest take from the NSARS protests and just everything that unfolded last year? Um, well, I think like for me, I definitely took like, I mean, I obviously I took a lot of things, but like two main things I took, like one positive and like one negative, I guess, or maybe one real, okay, maybe I'll, I'll rephrase. So one optimistic and one realistic, I won't even say pessimistic, but like realistic. It's like, I know like the more optimistic thing that I took away from it was the fact that it just kind of showed how much like Nigerian youths were actually able to rise up and like come together in a time that we really needed to. And it gave me some form of hope. And it's like, even though like, yes, that was like squashed based on, you know, the powers that be, but like the fact that like, you know, that was even still able to happen. And in a way that it's like, you know, it was a movement without like any form of like actual structure, but there was structure, if that makes sense. It was just like a movement that I felt was like more for the people, by the people type thing. So Mm -hmm. I felt like for me anyways, it was kind of like hopeful, just like seeing that like, you know, we can actually come together when it really does matter. Because I think like, like, you know, we mentioned earlier, like a lot of protests that have happened in the past have just been like, maybe like one day or two days, like, you know, I mean that I have witnessed anyways, I'm not going to discredit what our parents generations did but all processes that i have witnessed in my generation have been was like you know maybe one day or two days or they wouldn't even really go that long and i mean obviously there are reasons why those kind of things happen but the fact that this was one that went on for like 15 days and like over different states all over nigeria all over like you know the world really it was just kind of like really inspiring to see mm-hmm. and i guess like the more like realistic slash pessimistic thing that i took away from it was just like the wickedness <laughs> that like is possible and i think like for me like that's definitely something that it's like even up to today it's like i still cannot really wrap my head around it just the amount of like wickedness that is possible by these people and whenever i've heard stories in the past from like you know our parents and like what like you know would happen during like the military regime and like you know just like other things like they all just seemed like stories and i mean i'm not mm. even saying that i didn't believe it but it's like you know most times like you hear this thing they're like oh wow that was so terrible but you don't actually see it so it's like you can only imagine but actually getting to see this like watch the instagram live by like dj switch and like you know see videos and like literally just see it happening not in front of you but like as in front of you as you can be it was just so to me it was just so crazy and then to just see the aftermath of like the people like actively acting like nothing happened you making guess. almost a mockery of it by going to the scene and like doing like Sherlock <laughs> not fashion like, it was just like <laughs> I, no honestly like please that is just not I even talk about that but like just the whole thing to me I think like Honestly, it definitely showed me the amount of wickedness that was possible. Something that I don't think, like, I had ever really, like, sat down to, like, imagine was possible. So I think, like, those were the two things that I took away. Hope and wickedness. (laughs) Yeah. As, like, contrasted as they are. But, yeah. I think I think it definitely... Sorry, my voice is a little bit gone, guys. Um, So bear with me on this episode. (laughs) Imama, please. It's not COVID. (laughs) But, um... Where was I? You see yourself. You have distracted me from important <laughs> things. <laughs> um, 
it definitely i think it woke our generation a bit more up to the reality of things and i think maybe specifically people in the diaspora and people in lagos because when i talk to for example larry that grew up in worry and etc people that grew up everywhere else but lagos and stuff i feel like people have always known the atrocities that the army has committed in the past but i think it was a kind of wake-up call to people that didn't know specifically in our generation what the government was capable Mm -hmm. of and i think in the past year we've approached things from that realization a lot um i think maybe there was a little bit of naivety before but definitely hope still like you still hear hope in like people although we're not on the streets anymore and stuff i still i heard some people um or I didn't just hear, I saw posters for protests that are going to happen today to mark the anniversary. So I think our people are still hopeful. We still want to come out and fight. But you know what they say? They say like, you know, you have to live to fight another day. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's what happened last year when they murdered those people. It's just a, a real realization of the extent to which their wickedness can go. And yeah, I think Imama's two lessons are pretty much what a, a lot of people took out. For me, it was just realizing that, you know, even with all the pressure from everyone, like mm, outside international of Nigeria presence, and inside said. Nigeria. The ambassador yeah, did not do anything. Yeah, the government didn't really, they, in fact, they did even worse than the current situation by, you know, killing people and stuff that were just protesting and doing trying to cover themselves up and like moving several steps forward by banning social media or twitter but it, it doesn't really relate to nsars per I mean, I think se, it kind of all does i think it does they yeah, absolutely does banned so, twitter because yeah. it was one of the main things that people used yeah. one of them yeah. exactly so it's just seeing that our government really like they can really do like we're kind of helpless on that I think we're helpless though i really don't i just think and someone had said this before that it's not one movement that is going to stop like a uh, like a systematic issue i don't think we're helpless i just i i guess they, they they make us feel helpless but i don't think we're helpless i still think we outnumber them um they might have more power but i think that we just need to keep at it. I don't know how to explain this, but yeah. I think helpless is not For a me, good it's like how many word. lives. I don't know. Exactly. I was about to say, like, how many lives are going to. How many lives until. Yeah, yeah. How many lives have to be lost, essentially? That's that's how I feel. That's why I feel like it's, it's not helpless in the sense that, of course, something can be done, things can change, but how many. What are we willing to sacrifice to get that change? Mm hmm. Mm. That's that's yeah. definitely a question we should all reflect on today. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but apparently there's this Sorosuke summit mm-hmm. that's happening to pretty much mark the anniversary as well. And Sega Links is one of the speakers. Oh my gosh. I saw that and I had to close it because the anger I am that woke up in me, I was like, you know what? Like, why? I had to actually close it. Like, who organized this and why? So, okay, for context, as much context as I can provide, Sega Links is this guy, um, a social media... What does he... Uh, he's an activist. Was he, he, he was an he activist. Even, I thought he was a lawyer, but apparently I he's think not he's, even a lawyer. No, he's not. He's just an advocate, I think he pretty just much. knew lawyers, but I think he's like a human rights... Advocate. He's, yeah, he's a human rights person. Why don't you want to use advocates? <laughs> oh, human rights advocates? Yeah. 
because I don't know if that's what he is. Is he human rights <laughs> or something? Because he's an advocate. I don't know. <laughs> but to be to be very honest, prior to NSARS, he was a contact that a lot of people on Instagram would reach out to when they had. And um, he was really helpful too. Yeah, he was. Like he would get in contact with like lawyers and you know try to help people. Even like in regards to this police brutality thing that was going on is still going on. To be very honest, but then NSARS now happened, and it seemed like. Oga didn't like it because he wanted to be the forefront of it or something. Yes, he so, wanted to be the center of the movement. Yeah, and and like he was just saying that it was um what was he saying an insurgents or he was just pretty much saying we were making noise just stuff like that. He was just anti such a big and like pure protest that everybody was like wow it's it's ju- it just shows that like he has seen himself as the only person that we have to go through and blah blah blah. So he was cancelled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was cancelled. Like, and also the people that were like leading, like not leading, but like that were kind of helping organize things in the movement. He like actively like tried to pit people like against them, like calling them like witches and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so his ass really showed. So for a year after to see him as a speaker at an event that is to mark the anniversary of people that died for this movement, it seems insulting. Yep. It is insulting. It I, is insulting. I don't know who allowed this to happen, but yeah. It's funny because I think he has been silent for this year. Have you guys heard anything? Or did I block him? I don't know. I haven't seen him. On <laughs> <that year. laughs> yeah, no, I haven't actually seen anything from him. But honestly, I don't even want to see anything from him anyways. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that really confused me. And um, I think this is the last thing I wanted to talk about, but Imama doesn't want to. But in the last week, because a lot of people have been talking about the whole NSARS movement, because this is the month where it started and, you know, we're remembering what happened last year. And then it came up again. And this isn't the first time that the Feminist Coalition, so for background, the Feminist Coalition was one of the organizations, or if I must say, the main organization that raised money for the protest. So like to get people out of jail, because again, they were imprisoning people and you know they also helped with like feeding protesters and yeah, etc like, kind of like a backbone for the protest yeah pretty much so they did that but then even as the protest ended last year people were asking mm, where did all this money go to so um i think earlier in, earlier in this year they had released a financial statement of like all their accounts and everything just to explain where the money went to but in the last week like over the weekend i think someone did a thread that sparked people's interest again and i think the guy's name is um oh yeah so the guy is called Edity F. Young and um, he tweeted not one person who contributed money to NSARS via Femco has complained not one not the ones outside not the ones in Nigeria tells you everything focus and he just went on to like have a thread about how he feels like people that are clamoring for like you know there have just been a lot of people talking about how Femco stole money and stuff like that and I guess other people are saying just focus on like what we're trying to fight for um, and then I, I also, I went through like Femco, like it was the whole hashtag and like a whole thing that was trending. And I saw a guy that had apparently gone onto their Bitcoin. And I would say a disclaimer, I don't know how Bitcoin really works, but I know that there is transparency. So you see the transactions and everything. And someone did an analysis and like was just pretty much asking for accountability. And um, 
yeah, I, I don't know. Imama, do you want to say this on the podcast? If you don't, it's fine. But you said that you didn't feel comfortable talking about this. Could you say why? Well, I mean, like, I know, like, I guess, like, so first of all, like, I do also want to give a disclaimer that I don't, I haven't really read the audits, like, looked, like, a lot into the whole things that, um, like, everything surrounding, like, Femco and money and stuff like that. Like, I just kind of followed them along with the entire movement, but I haven't really looked at everything money-wise after. But I think, like, the reason why I don't want to talk about it, or I'm not comfortable talking about it is because, I mean, first of all, there's the fact that I don't know all the information with, with regards to, like, the audits and all of that fun stuff. But I think another thing is that I also just feel like these are people who have actively put themselves at the forefront of this movement. A lot of them had to go into hiding when this whole thing started. And, like, you know, they were in hiding for, like, weeks or whatever. And, like, they literally gave up their lives for like a short period of time to you know put their all into this movement and like they were just like they have done a lot as far as i know in just like supporting the movement and actually making it a thing even just the structures that they built up to make the movement a thing and for me like i said i don't know everything about the audit's history but they brought out what's like you know i mean since like i'm giving them a huge i mean i can absolutely be honest here and say I'm definitely giving them the huge benefit, like a huge benefit of the doubt here. And like, I guess like, I can be honest, like in saying that, um, but I just feel like based on everything they've done and like, honestly, to be honest, like I'm not saying that obviously we shouldn't hold people accountable because they're doing good things. Like I'm not saying we shouldn't hold people accountable because they're doing good things. We absolutely should. But I think people held them accountable and they produced what they had to produce. And now people are coming out to say, oh, that there is more missing. And I just feel like for people who have put a lot on the line and done like a lot for this movement, I think we can give them the benefit of the doubt. I think like, you know, we can allow them maybe more time to come and defend themselves without dragging them. Like, I don't know. Mm. Like, I think we can like definitely kind like give them like a breather or like just like space to come and defend themselves when they're ready to like you know maybe the money wasn't even i don't know what happens to the money maybe it maybe like you know they didn't sell it maybe they sold it i literally have no idea what happened there but i just think that for people who have done a lot for this movement and put a lot out there who have literally given a part of their sales for this movement i think like you know we can definitely take a step back and allow them to come forward by themselves that's what i think so that's why i'm not comfortable talking about about this because i think like some people are dragging them um there's this word <laughs> i thought oh my god this was uh when we say men are something men are bold or not bold but scum what's that word that we always say that men have audacity no audacity yeah <laughs> i think i think people are being very like audacious in the way like they're just like coming after them like attacking them like these people did not do all of this for this moment so i don't know i just feel like we can extend more grace to them in this time and like just like take a step back essentially and allow them to step forward when they're ready but like i said this might just be me being like highly partial towards them and like you know me being like you know giving them a, the huge benefit of the doubt because i mean they are a feminist movement and like i guess like you know I'm maybe a little bit more partial towards them and I can I can say that with my chest to be honest but that's just like why I'm not fully comfortable talking about this whole thing but yeah that's my piece so Matilda you can go ahead <laughs> for sure and I think that multiple things can be true at once and we should know at this point that Twitter is not a place for real conversations I think that it just um, people came to their own conclusions and stuff and I think that asking them for accountability is not a bad thing because that's kind of what we were asking the government for last year and everything so it's just like just be an example if there's any place for doubt because the financial audits I think because I, I I read through a couple of articles and like threads and everything and 
it seems like the financial audit that they put out did not cover what has been uncovered now because again bitcoin is so transparent in the um, transactions that happen so they say that the financial statements did not account for this money so can they explain and because it's a it's a huge amount of money i think it should be accounted for but that being said i think a lot of people are coming to the conclusion that they looted the money and i don't know i feel like yes it's also there's some people that were strongly against this movement even from when it started and like even while they were doing so much for the NSARS movement and it it just comes from a general hatred that that already existed and we know but I think that people have come to their own conclusions and I think I don't know that being silent about it is a good thing I think it doesn't create a good culture the culture that we are looking for I think the culture we're looking for in Nigeria is a culture of accountability so if people are asking for accountability I don't think it's such a bad thing that that's really my only thought on it um but i i definitely think we should extend them grace because as you said they did so much for the movement last year but i i think multiple things again can be true at once hadiza no yeah definitely i don't see a problem with asking for how like asking for accountability or how funds were spent i think like if you're handling people's donations and funding you should expect to be accountable at some point even if it is being accountable for your like just be accountable for Mm. the money i imagine they did everything they did in the heat of the moment so it's possible Mm -hmm. they're probably taking time like this what i would assume exactly what i would extend to them as graces they're taking time to put together documentation to say here's what we did during the nsar situation and stuff Mm -hmm. but i don't see anything wrong and i think it's good because they should be happy to provide kind of like what they've more done as yeah or more information so that it's kind of like as a way to show that they can do more if they want to continue to have that kind of platform and be in a place in society where in nigerian society at least where they continue to do more for nigerians in that way or mm-hmm. capacity so yeah yeah and i i really didn't like i didn't like the pessimistic view that everybody was taking to not everybody but a lot of people they were just like you see nigerians will always be nigerians and that they will always steal money whether rich or poor we think is the it's just because of poverty and i'm just like i know nigeria is hard and everything but i don't think it's productive to just think everybody is just innately bad and because I, I think it reduces our lack it, it it kind of goes against what we were doing in the what we believed in the NSARS movement that like there's good within us like we're able to do a lot so just coming from such a pessimistic view when you're looking at like the Femco movement um, the Femco people share like it's just I, I feel like it's counterintuitive to what we're trying to do like build trust in our people and that we want the best for ourselves I don't know maybe in the future it'll come out that they did steal the money maybe it won't but all I know is that I don't want to live my life just thinking that everybody is going to do bad because they they really did good they released a lot of people that were uh, unjustly like jailed and stuff like that so you know that saying that's nigerians like or things like this statement nigerians like to make oh i don't care if the government is stealing money as long as they're doing something for the country i mean it's mm. not the same in this situation but i think if you do enough good it's kind of like oh like i mean you should still be accountable but like yeah kind of who cares 
sort of <laughs> no i care definitely i definitely care but i think it's not taking away from what they have Ooh. done do you get what i mean i definitely would love to see them be accountable i know that like putting together those financial statements doesn't take two seconds so like twitter can like to calm down mm-hmm. but um i know it's been a year to be honest but like yeah let's just as your mama said i would also give them the benefit of the doubt but i think they need to be accountable yeah I think that's that's it for this week's episode. It's a heavier one because what happened is heavy. Imama said that at the beginning when I said it was <laughs> it was definitely going to be heavy, but I hope we're all able to reflect on what happened last year and we shouldn't ever forget because we've done that a lot in the past. So much has happened in the country that we have forgotten and I think it's part of our problems today. So mm-hmm. lest we forget um and yeah catch you guys um next week yeah and still end sars and police brutality and, and bad yeah. governance and bad governance yeah yes. all right bye bye, bye. peace out